It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And after a long hiatus, yes, it has been quite some time. We've been gone for a while. We had to take care of a few different family things, spend that time with the family, as I always say. Nothing is more important than your family, right? Never neglect family for business. That's exactly what we did here at the show. But to kick things off, yes, show number 219. For the week of April 18th, 2019, we are back in action. We are back here at Diz Radio, and we have none other than Danny Cooksey stopping in here at the show. Now, Danny, you know from a variety of different things. Something for all generations, from different strokes, Dukes of Hazard, Terminator 2, yes, Salute Your Shorts, Dave the Barbarian, Kick Patowski, 101 Dalmatians, the series, Tiny Toon Adventures, Ren and Stimpy, he's a voice actor, a musician, and so much more. And Danny's going to stop in and talk about what it was like being the red-headed boy on all these different shows, great cult classics, ones that have gone down to really influence many of your lives and your childhood, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete, yes, without the return of the D-Team. And you have the questions, and he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Dominic, with the tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the short leash. We have Michael, who's taken that walk into Walt's footsteps. Yes, with this week live in the parks once again in Walt's footsteps. We have Jeremy with this week in Disney history, as well as Chaz with the latest from the Hollywood Walk with a little bit more about our very special guest, Danny Cooksey. We also have Randy with the latest in Disney multimedia apps, video games, and so much more. There is tons of news hot off the D-Wire. Yes, from Star Wars Celebration, Hannah Montana, the Disney Channel, and all kinds of fun. So before we jump into this week's show and kick things off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. They're going to treat you like family, walk you through the process. They're award-winning, and they are going to make it the most magical that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out at Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, we are back. And what a time to come back. We've been off for a couple of months, as I mentioned. Never neglect family for business, but we are back once again. And what a time to come back, because not only is this the return of Diz Radio for show number 219, it is also officially our nine-year anniversary. Yes, nine years of Diz Radio, nine years of bringing you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, nine years of interacting with all of you D-heads, all of you listeners, and of course, over 230 celebrity guests in these past nine years. So it is exciting. It's going to be fun. So let's officially jump into this week's show, show number 219 for the week of April 18th, 2019, and it feels good to be back, and I feel like I just want to celebrate. Yes, I'm 
Cooper in their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that couldn't take any more fame and fortune, so she decided to get lost. What she found was a big surprise. We want you to be our mama. A rather rollicking adventure. And the spirit of Christmas. I'm dreaming of a smoky mountain Christmas. With nothing much that money buys, but everything worthwhile in life. Dreaming of a smoky mountain Christmas. Released on the heels of her new series, The Dolly Show, three-time Grammy winner Dolly Parton stars in this magical Yuletide tale, singing six of her own special songs. But I wouldn't care how much it snows. I'd just like to spend Christmas with Santa. Co-starring Lee Majors, Bo Hopkins, Anita Morris, and John Ritter. What an opportunity. What a chance to have her come and give the kids a beautiful Christmas show. Dolly Parton's Smoky Mountain Christmas, a holiday adventure for the whole family. Now available on video cassette. the composer of the hit Disney series, Andy Mack, and you're listening to Diz Radio. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff and the comeback of Diz Radio. That's right, show number 219 for the week of April 18th, 2019, and we are back in action here at the show. Yes, after a few months of hiatus, as I always say, never neglect family for business. That's exactly what I had to do. So we are back in action once again here at the show, and I am excited to be back. Yes, celebrating nine years of Diz Radio, nine fantastic years over 230 plus guests and so much more and we have Danny Cooksey from Different Strokes, Dukes of Hazard, Salute Your Shorts, Dave the Barbarian, Terminator 2, 101 Dalmatians the series, so much more. I am excited to have Danny stopping in here as well. The D team is back with Aaron, Dominic, Michael, Jeremy, Chaz, Randy all stopping in here as well and if it sounds like my voice is a little raspy I will say Star Wars Celebration 
was last weekend. Now, Star Wars Celebration, one of the biggest, most fun things that has been out there. I was at Star Wars Celebration and had the pleasure of meeting up with many of you D-heads as we had an official Diz Radio meetup. It was great. It was fun. You know, I really loved meeting up with all of you and, you know, getting together, taking photos, and having a great time. So it really was fun meeting up with all of you listeners out there, all of you D-heads. And fear not, we do have Star Wars Celebration coverage coming. There's just so much stuff that I have covered from Star Wars Celebration over the course of many days that it's taking a lot to go through all the things I have pretty much listened to, panels, viewed, photos, all kinds of crazy stuff. So fear not, Star Wars Celebration coverage is coming. There's a lot of great stuff online. And if you want to see many of the photos that I took, you can follow it on Instagram as well. Just search Disney Blue. Yep, Disney and then B-L-U and find it right there as well. You can see a lot of the photos that I posted. Great things. Dave Filoni, uh, you know, Ahmed Best. I mean, just some great different things that uh, I posted on Instagram over the course of the many days that we were there. So fear not, Star Wars Celebration stuff is coming. It was fantastic. Now, jumping into the news, before we do that, I do have to give you all the different ways to stay connected here at the show. I almost forgot to do that here. So, with that said... You can always stay connected on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, all kinds of great things right there on the website. You can interact with the D-Team, drop us a line, find some great memes, all kinds of fun stuff right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. All you have to do is go to Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand. All three are going to help you find our fun, unique, different kind of Disney show. Now, you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, you name it. All kinds of ways to stay connected right there. And trust me, I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of changes coming, a lot of fun things as we gear up over the next year because... Next year will be our 10-year anniversary, so I'm excited for that. So let's just jump into the news hot off the D-Wire here. Of course, I've already tackled Star Wars Celebration, and of course, the big one. Yes, the biggest one that there is. Yes, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Come on. I'm not going to go too much deeper because I will have Star Wars Celebration stuff there, but come on. Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I was in there just blown away in the panel listening right there in the seats watching everybody up on stage it was a moment i will never forget it was fantastic now on top of that of course the mandalorian yes john favreau all those guys the mandalorian panel fantastic as well great things coming up for those i am excited i mean i at first i was like should i sign up for disney plus i wasn't sure but i am definitely doing it now disney plus is a must-have just because the Mandalorian alone. The directors that they show that they have lined up from Dave Filoni and many others, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And then, of course, like I said, Episode 9, and, you know, some of the people that I was at Celebration with, you know, they lucked out. I went in to get an Episode 9 shirt for myself. They were all out of my size. So luckily, since I was in the Celebration store, they were able to get one for themselves. So, 
Anyways, moving on, let's get back to Disney Channel and some Disney properties, not just Star Wars Disney properties. But how about Hannah Montana costumes, props, and more are up for an auction for a good cause. Now, costumes, props, and tour items from the Disney Channel Hannah Montana TV series are going up for auction. Now, the teen sitcom featured Miley Cyrus, if some of you don't know that uh, even have heard of this show. Now, she portrayed the schoolgirl Miley Stewart by day and international pop star Hannah Montana by night, and it helped launch the career of Cyrus through the Disney Channel, and the franchise also included albums, films, concerts, all kinds of things. Now, highlights from the auction include items from Cyrus's Best of Both Worlds tour, such as a black satin jacket, pink tank top, and custom high top sneakers. Now, there's also numerous costumes and props that were all done and used on screen for the show, which ran from 2006 through 2011. Now, Julian's Auctions announced that all proceeds are going to benefit the Wilder Minds charity, which aids the world's at-risk animals. So it's a great cause, and the auction is going to take place at New York's Hard Rock Cafe on May 18th. So if you want to get in on this, you can also place bids online as well through Julian's Auctions, and it's going to be fantastic. But if you are a huge Hannah Montana fan and you love animals, especially endangered species, animals at risk, this is going to be the one for you. Since I already talked a little bit about Disney Plus, and of course, and The Mandalorian, come on, who isn't excited for The Mandalorian? How about the new details for Disney Plus's Monsters, Inc. series, Monsters at Work? Now, Disney's new streaming service, Disney Plus, that we all know is coming later this year at a starting price point of only $6.99, there's going to be a lot of new series, TV shows, and movies launching, but one series is everybody talking about, of course, yeah, all right, The Mandalorian. Okay, aside from The Mandalorian, Monsters, Inc., yes, and this show, Monsters at Work, is going to pick up six months after the events of the original film. Now, it's going to be a huge casting announcement, and right now, the series looks like it's going to be amazing. Now, the most exciting thing about this series is the entire returning cast. Many of the original voice actors from Monsters, Inc. are going to be back reprising their roles. That includes Billy Crystal as Mike and John Goodman as Sully. Come on, you needed those. You also have Jennifer Tilly as Celia. Yes, Mike's love interest. And also coming back is none other than past guest here at the show, somebody we all love, somebody that's also connected in so many other realms, John Ratzenberger as Yeti. And likewise, Bob Peterson, one of the storyboard artists for the original film, is back to voice Roz in the series, right? This is going to be awesome. Now, if you haven't seen the original film, then you must have been living underneath a rock. But of course, everybody loves Monsters, Inc. And of course, they all remember that Waternoose, the boss of Monsters, Inc., was arrested by the CDA. And they all found out that laughter was definitely the better way to generate the energy that they needed. Now, this is pretty much taking place six months after seeing what happened after that arrest. Basically, what happens to Monsters, Inc. now that they're the laugh floor, now that they're doing all these different things. So this is going to be definitely different. Now, also joining the cast is Kelly Marie Tran that we all know from Star Wars Last Jedi and Episode Nine, as she played Rose in those films. And of course, she's going to be joining the cast as well. Now, this is going to be a great show. I'm excited for it. Monsters, Inc., you know, what happened after the fact? I mean, of course, the second movie took us back to how they met, but now this is good because it's going to pick up right after having that fun, continuing on with the story, and it's going to debut on Disney+. Plus. Now, 
Speaking of plus things and Disney plus and unique ways to bring things to life, we all love our magic bands at the Disney parks. Am I right? We all love the magic bands. We love going in there, collecting them, buying skins for them. But how about a, a crook stole a Disney magic band and he was caught wearing it at the Magic Kingdom? You can't make this kind of stuff up. Now, a man who allegedly broke into a Florida home and stole a Walt Disney World magic band was spotted in all places at the Magic Kingdom. Now, the Winter Park Police used Twitter to send out a photo of the man who was arrested. Uh, He was seen riding Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin while wearing the stolen magic band. Now, basically, the post itself said, These guys are definitely not galactic heroes. It doesn't get funnier than that. I mean, how ridiculous is it that you break into a home you're a big disney fan you're like i'm gonna get that magic band and you wear it to the park i mean ridiculous so right now they're trying to track down the guy who is who uh, pretty much stole it i'm sure it's not going to take very long but it was a residential burglary that occurred and the the suspect ended up being captured riding buzz lightyear's uh, space ranger spin Now, since we're at the parks, we're not stealing anymore. Now we're at the parks, let's get into Epcot. And one of the things we love was Illuminations. Of course, we love Illuminations. Every time we've had Jim Cummings here on the show, we really love the way that Jim Cummings would always talk about, you know, being part of Illuminations, being part of this great legacy at Epcot. Well, for the first time ever, Epcot's getting a a new nighttime show. Yes, Walt Disney World's latest nighttime show Epcot Forever is now starting with brand new dates and early viewing sessions. Yes, the show, which will begin October 1st, is the latest homage to the iconic theme park that celebrates various cultures around the world. Now, the new show is going to have similar elements as previously seen in Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, but it's going to, uh, you know, pretty much run. Don't worry, you have a chance to find to see Illuminations because it's going to run until the debut of Epcot Forever. Now, Epcot Forever is a celebration of what Epcot has been and is going to become. Basically, they're going to try to sell people on the thought that having a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Epcot is a good idea. I'm just going to leave that one out there because I think at the tone of my voice, you can figure out where I land on that one. As they have said, Epcot Forever is a celebration of what Epcot has been and is going to become. They stated that they're using some of the greatest aspects of the park over its past 30 plus years, especially the music, said Alan Bruin. Yes, he is the Epcot Forever show director with Disney Parks Live Entertainment and uh, basically had presented a preview video of it so far. Now, the new show will introduce new elements, such as great new special effects kites that light up in the sky, fireworks, and of course, many other aspects that make nighttime shows always a must-see for anybody attending any of the Disney parks. Now, Disney previously described Epcot Forever as a limited-time experience with another new show debuting in 2020. So this is basically the mid-grade, middle-tone show that's going to carry people over again. I think trying to sell people on the idea of what Epcot's going to become. Now, this is one of many of the new attractions that's in the works at Epcot, including Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at the France Pavilion, and of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Future World, which I don't know how that brings future and technology and things forward, but we'll leave it at that. But I am excited. Epcot, all new nighttime show. Whenever I get a new nighttime show, I'm hoping it's going to blow us out of the water and Disney always does things right. Since we are talking about the parks, let's stay in Florida here for a little bit because there's a lot of park news. But how about Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy opening at Walt Disney World? Yes, an action-packed 
Adventure is awaiting Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios, and on March 31st of this year, the Walt Disney World theme park welcomed Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, which features a 10-minute show starring Monty, Lightning McQueen, from the Pixar movie series Cars, as we all know. Now, the impressive theater consists of a 17-foot-tall wraparound screen that stretches over 200-plus feet from one side to the other, making an immersive experience for all the guests. Now, as they have stated in their press release, it said Disney Parks Live Entertainment worked closely with the creative team at Pixar to bring this completely new car story to life. They also said that Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy will run continuously throughout the day at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, when the show wraps, you can head to the courtyard outside for the meet and greet with the cars, of course, with crews, bust a move with DJ, walk on over to the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith, and many other things, which is right by the Racing Academy. Now, several times throughout the day, the Racing Academy is going to air, and guests will also be delighted to see Lightning McQueen's pit crew join the crowd for DJ's Ready, Set, Party Time that's going to feature games and dancing all inspired by cars. Great way to keep things interactive at Hollywood Studios until Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens, which, of course, I was in that panel as well at Star Wars Celebration, so more to come on that. Galaxy's Edge was definitely fun, and Josh Gad was absolutely the highlight of that panel. Now, moving aside, let's get into the villains. We all love Disney villains, right? Without the villains, there'd be nothing else at the Disney parks, uh, nothing to the movies. There would be, I I guess I can't say there would be nothing at the parks. I guess it would be, they enhance the parks because you got to have the villain to really play up the heroes. And how about Disney's Villains After Hours is coming this summer at Walt Disney World. Now this summer at Walt Disney World, this special ticketed After Hours event will now feature your favorite Disney villains. And this is something new and different other than going during the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. So this occasion allows guests to arrive at 7 p.m., still enjoy the fireworks, the rides, and more before the park is closed off for the event. Now after these hours, you'll have lower wait times, specialty snacks and drinks, and more. And of course, there's some brand new, wickedly exciting moments to come. You like how I spun that in there? Wicked, evil, all that kind of fun stuff. How about a brand new Disney Village stage show? Hades and Meg from Hercules will set the stage ablaze. Yes, again, I did it again, right? In this all-new stage show spectacular. Now, of course, they're going to have Spot Maleficent the Dragon, where Maleficent the Dragon, with her steampunk style and signature Wicked Grin, will be let loose for the first time at night, breathing fire as she creeps through the park as a -a one-of-a-kind experience for the party guests. There's also the Villainous Enhancements, where you can discover surprising new villains-inspired additions at Pirates of the Caribbean and Space Mountain. Now, they're also going to have wickedly good food and beverage, with all kinds of great things like Dr. Facilier and even Emperor Zerg, uh, Maleficent, Haiti, uh, Cruella de Vil, you name it, with all kinds of great desserts and drinks named after your villains. There's going to be special event merchandise. Who doesn't love merchandise when you feel like it's something special? Now, also, there's also going to be the one notorious item to note. Ever driven to stand out in their unpredictable and all kinds of nature? Well, while the villains will be entertaining guests at the new stage show, they will not be participating in character greetings during the event. That is something that is a want-want moment. Yes, so they're not going to be able to do meet and greets. They're going to be having fun bringing the villains to life, but it will not be a meet and greet. So there's a lot of great things. Now, the ticket costs 139 plus tax before the event. 
and 144 plus tax the night of. Now, tickets will go on sale starting April 29th of this year, and there's a lot of great dates for it. I mean, there's June 6, 13, 20, 27, July 1st, 11th, 18, 25th, August 1st and 8th, and I rambled off a ton of them. And if you want to find out more about them, just go to DisneyParks.Disney.Go.com or WaltDisneyWorld.com. You name it find it it's gonna be fun now moving into a galaxy far far away a little bit yes as i was already at star wars celebration having that fun and so much more this is one of the things i had a chance to actually play when i was at star wars celebration and the star wars pinball bouncing its way to switch on september 13th yes star wars pinball will include 19 digital tables that zen studios has made based on the saga it will also support hd rumble and vertical orientation support taking the advantage of two of the Switch's unique features. Now, the game will be available digitally and physically for purchase, and its tables take inspiration from many of the Star Wars movies, from Episodes 4 all the way through 8, Rogue One, Solo, and more. So, pretty much nothing to do with the prequels at all. So, we got those out. But they're also going to have Clone Wars and Rebels as part of it. Now, the tables will also focus on specific characters like Darth Vader, Boba Fett, and of course, Jedi vs. Sith, X-Wings vs. TIE Fighters, and more. It is definitely a fun, fun game. I had a chance to play it when I was at Celebration. It was a great time. So, all of you D-Heads, I've been talking your ears off. I know you're excited to hear more. I'm excited to be back. We got Star Wars Celebration audio and video to go through. That's crazy. There's a lot of big changes coming here at Diz Radio in the next year. Lots of fun. And we are celebrating nine years. It feels good to be back. Thank you all once again for, you know, taking that time, staying with us during our break here because, like I said, Never neglect family for business. That's exactly what we had to do. But we are back in action. So we got more coming from the D-Team with Aaron, Dominic, Michael, Jeremy, Chaz, Randy, all kinds of fun here at the show. We also have Danny Cooksey, our special guest, stopping in here this week to help us celebrate those nine years, as well as more coming all throughout the show. Lots of fun. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team and we gear up for Danny Cooksey, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and help you make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts and so much more. They are going to make it the most magical time you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, as you can tell, I'm excited. We are back. We're going to keep things rolling here. So let's press on for show number 219 for the week of April 18th, 2019. I saw a peanut stand, heard a rubber band. I saw a needle that winked its eye. But I think I will have seen everything when I see an elephant fly. I saw a front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I saw a poker at railroad tie. But I think I've seen about everything when I see an elephant fly. I even heard a chocolate drop. I went into a store, saw a bicycle shop. You can deny the things that you see. But I know there's certain things that just can't be The other day by chance saw an old barn dance And I just laughed till I thought I'd die But I think I will have seen everything When I see an elephant fly 
I see the sawhorse rear up and bark. They tell me a man made a vegetable truck. Now I didn't see that, I only heard. But just to be sociable, I'll take your word. The other day by chance saw an old barn dance. And I just laughed till I thought I'd die. But I think I will have seen everything. When I see an elephant, I see an elephant. When I see an elephant. Welcome, baby Jumbo. We're all family here, no matter how small. You have something very rare. You have wonder. You have mystique. You have magic. Wow! Come with me. Together, we can soar on that elephant's wings. What's happening? Where are they taking her? Take Dumbo back inside. But she's his mom. Do something. She needs us. Look at me. We're gonna bring your mama home. He doesn't look like magic to me. Your children need you to believe in them. Well, hello to all you D-heads. Mike here in the original Disney park. We're out west in Anaheim, California in Disneyland. And this is my first trip back to Disneyland in about 15 years. And they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, my heart is certainly overflowing. This place is so wonderful. And being a local to Disney World, it is so different. I could talk about the differences all day. But the biggest difference, the biggest thing that you notice here is that you can feel the passion, the love, the hard work and devotion that went into this park back in 1955. From 
the flagpole with its notorious bottom, which actually was a light pole found in downtown Los Angeles and is now, to this day, still the base of the flagpole here in Disneyland. To the, to the original Disneyland dedication plaque at the base of the flagpole, or possibly the bench of Griffith Park that Walt Disney once sat on and dreamed of this idea where families could enjoy their time together in this place called Disneyland, that bench that sits in the lobby right here at the great moments of Mr. Lincoln. I've just spent the week here just basking in all of the history and all of the magic that this place truly, truly holds. It's an incredible place. If you've ever thought about making this trip, I highly suggest that you do. It feels different. It certainly looks different, but there's a, there's a certain magic about this place that you can feel. And every time you look into that firehouse window and see that lantern with, you know, glowing, that signals, you know, the legacy that Walt left behind in this place, it'll bring a little bit of a tear uh, to your eye and, and choke up even the smallest Disney fan. So I highly suggest if you've never been out here, oh, you're missing out. This is such a wonderful place. And this is from a Disney World local who took too long to come back home. Certainly won't take so long the next time. But thank you guys for coming with me here on this walk in Walt's footsteps. Coming to you, like I said, from Disneyland right here on Main Street, USA. And I hope you guys enjoyed coming along. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And here's to certainly more years here at Diz Radio. Happy nine years to Jonathan and the entire crew. I will see you guys a little later. I hope you have a great rest of your day.
There's one question everyone in Toon Disney wants to know the answer to. If Ariel is a mermaid, then what the heck do you call a boy mermaid? A mer-boy? A mer-guy? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Hey, it's the new millennium. Maybe we should call them, like, mer-dudes. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's it. They're like totally Toon Disney mer-dudes. All right. So, like, watch Ariel the Mermaid. Isn't she great? And the totally Toon mer-dudes. Weekends at 6.30, 5.30 Central on Toon Disney. Hi, this is Joaquin Gray III from Kirby Goes Bananas, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, we're so glad to be back, and I can't wait to get back to answering your questions. So without further ado, let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Mindy Henderson of Plano, Texas, and she writes, Aaron of Diz Radio, question about Disney's Darby O'Gill. Is the lore of the leprechauns and catching them to grant wishes true, or something Walt and his team cooked up for this story? Also, do they ever release an official soundtrack for the film? Thank you. Well, this movie is a Disney gem, and a must-watch around St. Patrick's Day. Darby O'Gill and the Little People is a 1959 Walt Disney production feature film starring Albert Sharp, Janet Monroe, Sean Connery, and Jimmy O'Day. It's a tale of a wily Irishman and his battle of wits with leprechauns. The film's title is a slight modification of one of two Hermione Templeton Kavanaugh books, Darby O'Gill and the Good People. This book and her other book, The Ashes of Old Wishes and Other Darby O'Gill Tales, were the sources for this movie. The film's development began with a visit to Ireland and the Irish Folklore Commission by Walt Disney and Associates in 1947. The Disney Company continued to communicate with the Commission and its director, James Delergy, over the coming decade based on Disney's desire to use Irish folklore as a basis of the film, but to Delergy's disappointment, eventually decided to make an adaptation of Irish-American writer Hermione Templeton Kavanaugh's 1903 collection of stories, Darby O'Gill and the Good People. As far as the music from the movie, the duet, Pretty Irish Girl, apparently sung by Sean Connery and Janet Monroe, has been alleged to feature dubbed voices by Irish singer Brendan O'Dowda and Ruby Murray. Connery does sing the song, Pretty Irish Girl, with solo piano accompaniment on the 1992 compilation, The Music of Disney, A Legacy of Song. And in 1959, Top Rank released a single in the UK which featured Connery and Monroe singing the song. You can find the music and the songs from the movie on YouTube, but there is no official soundtrack. Well, our next question is from Matthew Wodurski of Detroit, Michigan, and he writes, Aaron of Diz Radio Podcast, and I want to know? I have a question about 101 Dalmatians, the animated series. How long did it run for? Will it ever be released on DVD or Blu-ray or streaming? 
and do they ever end up showing Roger in any of the episodes? So far I haven't been able to find the entire series of shows, so I don't know. You're all awesome on the podcast. Love the show. Well, 101 Dalmatians is a series based on the 1961 Disney animated feature of the same name and its 1996 live-action remake. The show spanned two seasons, with the first episode airing on September 13, 1997, and the last episode airing on March 4, 1998. The show focuses primarily on three particular puppies, Lucky, TV addict leader and unconventional hero, Rolly, his fat, cheerful, laid-back, and always-hungry brother, and Cadpig, their intellectual and fast-talking sister, who is the runt of the family. Three siblings are often joined by Spot, a chicken who wants to be a dog, and a member of the Bark Brigade. The series is set on the Dalmatian Plantation, the farm where the Dalmatians relocated after the end of the film. One episode features the Dalmatians running away to return to the now-abandoned London flat where they were born, shortly after the events of the film. Roger and Anita Dearly were voiced by Jeff Bennett and Kath Suchi. The entire series can be found on Amazon Video, and let's hope it will be coming to the new Disney Plus streaming service when it starts up. Well, our final question this week is from Sarah Y. of Oregon. And she writes, Diz Radio, thoughts on Spectro Magic. I really never had a chance to experience this light parade since I was too little to remember. And then it became the Main Street Electrical Parade. I'm not a big fan of the Main Street Electrical Parade except for the music, Love the Loop. Which parade do you prefer? And did they ever release a clean recording of Spectro Magic? I just love, love, love that song. Spectro Magic was great but my true love will always be the Main Street Electrical Parade. Just because it's the parade I grew up with as a kid going to Disneyland, and it was the parade that was going on when I took my son to Walt Disney World. I think it all depends on which parade you grew up with. I miss them both. Disney Spectro Magic Music is available on CD or MP3 on Amazon, but there are some great versions on YouTube. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions. Keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and it's great to be back. Lots of spots, plenty of polka dots. Get those puppies! Can't catch the furry flurry, running in a blurry hurry. Get those puppies! Canines on the run. Them doggone dogs are fun. Without fail, you'll wind up chasing your tail. What's the harm in ruffling his feathers on the funny farm? What a Life's just the better roses. 
fast friends with cold, wet noses. Do thick, thin, push and pull. It's one oh one oh wonderful. Just tons of fun. One hundred and one Dalmatians. Prize with Cooper and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Al and Sal have found the perfect game for their entire family. Let's all play. The wonderful world of Disney trivia game. What is Timon and Pumbaa's motto in Lion King? Hakuna Matata. It's the only game with separate questions for grown-ups and kids, so everyone can play. Who am I? Sebastian. Yeah. Who opened the original Disney TV show? I don't know. Just kidding. Tinkerbell. The new Disney trivia game for the Musketeer and all of us. Oh, she is my dear, my darling one. Her eyes are sparkling, full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of her. Oh, she is my dear, my darling one. My smiling and beguiling one. I love the ground she walks upon, my pretty Irish girl. Have you ever seen a seagull a flying o'er the heather? Crimson sails on Galway Bay, a fisherman unfurled. All oh, the earth is filled with beauty, and it's gathered all together in the form and face and dainty grace of a pretty Irish girl. Oh, she's my dear, my darling one. Oh, she is my dear, my darling one, my smiling and beguiling one. I love the ground she walks upon, my pretty Irish girl. Oh, she is my dear, my darling one, her eyes are sparkling full of fun. No other, no other can match the likes of her. Oh, she is my dear, my darling one, my smiling and beguiling one. I love the ground she walks upon, my pretty Irish girl. She walks upon my pretty Irish girl. Greetings, D heads. My name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider Pan. I'll explain later. Uh, welcome to Great Moments in History, but only the Disney parts. The basic story of Dumbo actually dates back to 1939 as a planned novelty item called a Rollabook, which is a box with little knobs that readers turn to read the story through a little window. You might have had a toy similar to this when you were a child. I recall seeing ones that they were almost like a wind-up toy, where it was almost as if you had an Etch-a-Sketch, but you'd wind it up and it would maybe play a little bit of a music and it would scroll a uh, little scene in front of you and as the image kind of went by, you'd see different things happen and it kind of sort of told a story. But it was written by authors Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl, and they wrote the story Dumbo the Flying Elephant. 
Now, whether the Rolabuqua has ever actually produced is a mystery because none of those have been located. But when Walt Disney purchased the rights to the book, he published about 1,430 copies of a regular book version of the story. And Dumbo was one of the first feature films finished at Disney's new Burbank studio lot, which opened in 1940, and it was built thanks to profits from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And Dumbo was originally slated as a 30-minute short film. It ultimately expanded to just under 64 minutes, which is Disney's second shortest animated feature behind 1942's Saludos Amigos, which was just 42 minutes. And in the original animated film, Dumbo, who won the hearts of viewers around the world, doesn't speak, though Mrs. Jumbo, Timothy Mouse, and many other animals do. In the Tim Burton reimagining of the story, none of the animals speak. Now, Mrs. Jumbo, I only recall her saying one thing, Jumbo Jr. Now, I did find from a published work called Funny World at number 17, part of an interview with Dick Humor as he's interviewed by Joe Adamson. The 102-page treatment was actually written by Joe Grant and Dick Humor uh, for the Dumbo film. Uh, so I'm going to read a little bit of the, what Dick Humor said uh, in response to what is a, you know, a roll-a-box he said, oh, I never saw it, but they say it was a little strip that was given away on a cereal box, or maybe it was even printed on the outside, I don't know, but it had the basic elements of the story. A little elephant who had big ears, was made fun of, learned to fly, and was redeemed, all in just a few panels. Well, we took it from there, had a few story meetings, and then Joe Grant and I wrote up a chapter at a time and submitted it to Walt. And he used to come down and say, that's coming along good, we'll make it. Then we got sketchmen and storymen and went to work and put together what we called a Leica reel. A Leica reel was a way of representing or presenting a storyboard with the individual pictures on a film strip that was run through a Leica projector. You'd flip over a, a picture and talk about it, then flip over the next. This was how we often held story meetings. Sometimes we had rough Leica reels in pencil, and later we would make color reels. So there you have it, a lost piece of history, the original source of Dumbo, of this Rollabox. No one has ever found one of them, but there's lots of books, thanks to Walt Disney, and thanks to just a few frames telling a basic story, we now have two Dumbo films. Now, the newer film, some people are loving, I enjoyed it, and some people are hating but it's up to you to decide. Go and watch it and keep an open mind and don't keep the old film necessarily in your head. You have to respect that the, the original story was just a few little elements and you can kind of retell that story in a very different way in which they have and I found it to be enjoyable. So go check out the new Disney's Dumbo, if you wish. But I recommend you do. Well, that's all for this week, D-Heads. And this has, of course, been the Spider-Pan from the Neverland Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. And that's where they call me the Spider-Pan because I am the pan, the head lost boy. And every lost boy has to have a nickname, and I happen to be a big Spider-Man fan. In fact, I'm wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt as I record this. So that's why they call me the Spider-Pan. And you can get a nickname as well, which you can find out all on the website. But if you would like to, send me an email at spider pan at disradio.com but until next week keep a pixie in your pocket
amigos, a new day's waiting to start. You must meet it, wake up and read it with a gay song in your heart. Hi, I'm Kevin R. McNally. I play Joshua McGibbs in parts of the Caribbean, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony, and in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. We're comic dispensers, we crack up all the censors. And welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. In the news, Disney ticket prices have increased, so it must be Wednesday. There's no surprise there. We as a family are in the middle of planning a summer trip, and even though we are now going to pay more for tickets, by reevaluating our priorities, we are actually going to save money while also getting an extra day in the parks. Here's how we did it! It's been four years since our last long family trip to Walt Disney World. We've had three mini trips in the interval, but it was only a quick New Year's runaway trip over two years ago that we had everybody in the family all together. That trip was fantastic, but it was a three-day, two-park hit-and-run attraction assault that was fun as all get-out, but I wouldn't classify it as a relaxing vacation. Thus and theretofore, we started to plan for a Disney World vacation towards the end of this summer. All of our typical tricks I've talked about in this segment to save time and money are in full effect. No ticket hoboing around Disney Springs, the monorail loop resorts, and the boardwalk for our arrival and departure days. Staying off property at a place that either has a kitchen or provides breakfast because as people who open and close the parks, we're never in the hotels unless we're unconscious. Eating at quick service restaurants, lounges, and snack shops. Off typical dining hours to save time and money. Not getting park hopper tickets, but strategically planning fast passes, knowing what attractions are busy at what time of day to save money and time instead of traveling on a bus and waiting in line. We're doing all of that. Before the price increase, we had settled on eight days in the parks, and that's up from a seven-day plan we had for Disney World and a day trip to the park that shall not be named. But we'll be back 
for a work trip in the spring and we universally agreed to postpone a universal park adventure since we'll be back there anyway later. So now we have an eight day trip for five adults, which Disney believes my elementary and middle school children to be. That would have cost us $2,372.70. Again, my prices are always at the time of recording, website prices through the Disney website itself, not through various ticket brokers or a guy who, you know, uh, found some tickets that fell off a truck. No, we're trying to keep it consistent for you folks. We're also planning a day at Typhoon Lagoon, which would have added $367.45 for the five of us. The grand total being $2,740.15 in tickets. Due to the recent price increase, that pushed our eight-day tickets up $208.60. Now we're talking $2,525.80, and that's just for the eight-day park tickets. So how do we end up gaining time and saving money? Well, we reevaluated how important that Typhoon Lagoon Day was. If we decided not to go and just add another day at one of the big four parks, it would only add $55.50. We would save $311.95 and get an extra park day by not splashing around and playing chicken with melanoma. Axing Typhoon Lagoon and adding a ninth day is also $103.95 less than the increase in ticket price would be for the eight-day tickets. So to sum this all up, we went from eight days in the four main parks and one day at Typhoon Lagoon to nine days in the four main parks, getting rid of Typhoon Lagoon for about $104 less even though ticket prices have increased. So reevaluating the priorities of your vacation versus the cost is one of the best ways to put your trip money where you want to enjoy it the most. A dinner at a fancy restaurant could be more than an extra day or two in the parks, and I would trade a family park memory that lasts a lifetime versus a steak that will be pooped tomorrow any day. The point is to focus your vacation money on the stuff you love to do and don't be afraid to readjust your plans, because saving money and ending up with a better experience in the process, well, that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at dizradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at dizradio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlanTunes and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlanTunes or by visiting Plantoons.com. We now have an interactive Disney World park map with links to YouTube ride videos for every attraction on Plantoons.com, so check it out. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities The get about so worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities, that's why I'm making recipes It's just the bare necessities of life Come on! For the bare necessity 
book on the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants and maybe try a few. <laughs> the bare necessities of life will come to you. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. Fall apart in my backyard. Let me tell you something, little princess. You're working too hard. Don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. When you find out you can live without it and go along, not thinking about it, I'll tell you something true. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. It's been a little while, but I hope you haven't forgotten me. It's Chaz back again with this week's edition of the Hollywood Walk. This week, Danny Cooksey is joining us. When I heard the news, I was extremely excited as Danny is one of my all-time favorite voice actors and child stars. He was involved in so many of my favorite shows growing up. Danny started his career at an early age when he and his mother moved to L.A. to pursue a career in country music. He got his big break when he was cast as Sam for the last three seasons of the classic TV show Different Strokes. He had some roles before this part, but many people would remember the dynamic brotherly pairing of Danny and Gary Coleman, where Gary's character Arnold was finally able to take on a big brother role instead of the little brother role he's played through most of the show's eight seasons. It wasn't much later before Danny started doing voice work in shows like My Little Pony and Pound Puppies. In 1988, he played the part of Jack Jr. in the, shall we say, cult classic, Mac and Me. There are many that may not remember this film, but I loved it as a child. And apparently so did Ant-Man's Paul Rudd, as he uses a clip from it every time he's on the Conan O'Brien show. As he got older, Danny voiced more characters in several TV shows, including the title character in the show, The Further Adventures of Super Ted. This is where I unwittingly became a fan. I remember as a child, my aunt would take my sisters and I to Hollywood Video and let us each pick out a VHS to rent. And most frequently, I would choose between Volume 1 or Volume 2 of this show. Danny continued doing voice work through the remainder of the 80s until, in 1991, he played the part of Tim, John Connor's friend in what is, in my opinion, the best of the Terminator films, T2 Judgment Day. Shortly after this, he played Bobby Budnick on the Nickelodeon TV show Salute Your Shorts a show about young teens and the hijinks they get into at Camp Onawana, a summer camp. In the opening credits, Budnick, played by Danny, and Donkey Lips are seen hoisting a pair of boxer shorts up a flagpole. The show's theme song is then sung by the young cast and is interrupted by Budnick, 
foreshadowing his role as the show's prankster and standout cast member. Danny continued to do voices of memorable characters including Montana Max, the money-loving tycoon in Tiny Toons, Stoop Kid, the kid who sits on his stoop and is taunted by others because Stoop Kid's afraid to leave his stoop on Hey Arnold. And to start the Disney connection, in the Little Mermaid TV show, he voiced Urchin, the orphan merboy who is befriended by Ariel and viewed by her family as somewhat of a little brother. In the 101 Dalmatians TV show, he voiced Mooch, the sheepdog mix and leader of a small gang on the farm and the main rival of Lucky, who is largely the main character of the show. In the show Pepperan, he voiced one of her best friends and voice of reason in the show Milo. I mean, the list of voices and characters goes on to include Dave the Barbarian, Brad Batowski, and so many others that I assure you, if you were a child between 1980 and now, he's most likely a voice of a character in one of your favorite TV shows or video games. While Danny has spent much of his life in front of the camera or behind a microphone, he also has a life with his wife and children. He and his wife Amber were married in 1998 and have two children, Zoe and Jackson. In 2014, Danny penned a letter that was published by the Epilepsy Foundation on their website. It chronicles his wife's fight with epilepsy. It's a quick read and very heartfelt. I implore you to take a moment out of your day to search it out and read it. Maybe even consider a donation to the cause. With 3.4 million people suffering from epilepsy in the United States alone, every dollar goes a long way to help those in need. Well, that's all I have for this week. If you have any comments, I can be reached at my email, and that is chaz at dizradio.com. That's spelled C-H-A-Z at dizradio.com. Up next is Jonathan with Danny. As always, don't just fly, soar. Barbarian! 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 Lights, camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's television, movies, musicals, you name it, we are here for you every single week. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of that. You know him from a lot of great things. Stuff I've grown up with, like Different Strokes, Terminator 2, as well as everybody's favorite program, Nickelodeon Salute Your Shorts. You also known from Kick Patowski, as well as Phineas and Fur, 101 Dalmatians, the series, and so much more. We have Danny Cooksey here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Ah, oh, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It, you know, it's our pleasure having you on. I mean, so many different things you've been part of. I mean, many of them I grew up with. I mean, I just got to say, some things like, you know, working with Dolly Parton and so many other things. So I guess, I guess to jump right into it, what got you started into acting, first and foremost? How'd you jump into this as a career? Yeah, it's a wild story. So I was uh, I was born in Oklahoma City, and uh, I, I, I recorded, uh, I 
did a country and western record when I was like five and started like touring around and doing that just sort of all around the Midwest and, you know, doing different things and uh, ended up running into uh, Mickey Gilly and Johnny Lee that were from like the urban cowboy from Gilly's Club and looking for love and like that whole, uh, you know, movement, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> and so ended up started playing shows with them um, and this uh, amazing man that was there, like PR guy was like handed my parents a business card and was like, you know, we just sort of went like, ah, oh, that's funny. You know, this like Hollywood, you know, <laughs> talent guy, you know, is giving us a business card. And then he called a few months later and like said, come out to LA. And I did this uh, talk show and ended up like being sent over because he was like, oh, you're in LA. You're a cute kid. Let's see if you can act. You know, uh, I was out, I was doing like this like variety show with Johnny Lee and went over and met with a casting agent that was like a friend and of the talent guy and um she was the casting director of Dukes of Hazard, ended up doing an episode of Dukes of Hazard, came back out like six months later to do more music stuff with those guys and ended up uh, auditioning for what I thought was like a guest like a guest star thing on different strokes and then found out I got the part on a Friday. Uh, they told me on Sunday I needed to report to NBC Studios that it was the, you know, Mr. Drummond was getting married, she was going to have a boy, and I was going to be a regular cast member. <laughs> so, and I started work on Monday. So it was like, uh, it was, you know, and never left L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and it's one of those, it's those roundabout ways, though, where it's a story that has stuck with you all these years. And being part of something like, you know, Dukes of Hazard. come on, it had to be, you know, at that age, it had to be fun just being there and seeing the General Lee in person. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It was, a, it was like, I was in different strokes, the same thing as I was a, a huge fan of like both of those shows. And uh, yeah, it was super, super surreal. And, uh, you know, amazing. Now, and it was like, funny when I did when I did different strokes. The uh, I, I, his name is escaping me, but Boss Hog actually directed the episode that I was on too. So it was like it was like uh, you know it was just it was awesome. Well, you know, with that too, like you said, it's one of those where it's uh, you know big things. You were fans of this as well. Now being on different strokes, of course, that just seemed like everybody was full of fun, you know, full of energy. Did it seem like this op welcoming open arms family to you? Yeah, it really, it really, really did. Everyone was, was just absolutely amazing. And they'd been, you know, a part of, you know, they'd been, they were already, had been together for many, many, many years. So, but it was, everyone was just unbelievably welcoming and uh, it was it was just, it was an amazing experience. Now, with uh, with that too, then I guess uh, did you have any like stories or anything like that where there's any uh, off the air kind of things that you know stick with you to this day where you're like you know that was just a fun day on set. You know, as as I look back at things, and I look back at things, it, it's pretty as an adult. It's it's a lot of the things is just the the experience of the people that I got to work with. Um, doing different things. It's like uh, Milton Berle was a guest was a guest star on Different Strokes when I was there. Uh, Ray Bolger was a guest star when I was there. Um, 
uh, Art Carney was was a was a reoccurring. You know, it's like all of these just sort of like icons and and just like legends that I sort of look back at and go like, that's so cr-. like as an adult I look and go, wow, that's <laughs> that's like awesome. <laughs> you know, um, I did a, a like a it was like a sort of a late night talk show that was on the Nashville network in the eighties, and the guest. The host was out, and they had a guest host, and the guest host was Johnny Cash. So I got interviewed by Johnny Cash. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like as an adult, I look back at things like that and go, this is like, that's like so cool. <laughs> you know what? At the time, as a kid, I'm like, hey, okay, great. Yeah, Johnny Cash is the host. All right, cool. You know, <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, as an adult, looking back, it's, it's, it's a, it was a pretty amazing experience. Well, you know, and with that too, then, like you said, it's one of those where you look back and you have this big full thing of memoirs now and great stories. And of course, working with some of these people, one of them that was my absolute favorite. And I have to say growing up bit cheesy now looking back at it. And I don't like to say anything anybody's worked on is cheesy, but it's cheesy in a good way is a Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly Parton. What was it like working on this great 80s Christmas era classic? Uh, You know, it was it was a lot. It was a a ton of fun. Uh, it was directed by Henry by Henry Winkler, who's like the nicest man on the planet. Um, and it was, you know, it was fun. We, it's like it had, you know, everybody and their mother is in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like so. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, we went in and 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 we did it, and it was it was a lot of fun. And she's so she's so sweet. And um, yeah, it was it was wild. You know, I worked so much as it, it was like I just like bounced from one thing to the next um but yeah it's it's really fun it's like you know every it's like christmas time comes around and here it comes again <laughs> no no with it too then because you know you have we're in so many different things you have this like resume that goes on and on and on are there any points where you're just flipping through the channels and you're like yep there i am again oh there i am again and do you, do you stop and watch it or do you pass it by you know most of the, most of the time i just i just pass it by i have uh i have two kids i have a 20 year old and a, an eight year old um and it's pretty it's pretty funny as um well not necessarily my littlest one because i don't have things switched over to dvd but and nobody has a vcr anymore but when my daughter was younger and she would put stuff on, uh, you know, find stuff in a box in the garage that had been taped from years ago and put it on. It's uh, almost surreal. It's like an out-of-body experience because it's like, okay, I remember the show, but I, the details of, of uh, especially different strokes are like, uh, I don't remember the, uh, you know, like the plot of the show. I remember she put one on one time and I was like, wow, that's really weird because that's me. But I have no recollection of like <laughs> the plot of the episode or anything like that. It was this weird, uh, you know, sort of out of body experience. <laughs> you know, and I can only imagine that too. It's like this. It's like this photo album where you know you're like, there I am, and it's almost like uh, it's it's almost like being somebody who who went into a bar, came out, and everyone remembers what you did, but you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a little bit like that for sure, except not as embarrassing. <laughs> Now, looking back at this too, you know, so many times this happens with a lot of people in your industry, of course, because especially when you're a child actor, how many times did you get the, oh, you're that kid? How many times has that happened to you? Oh, you know what? It, it's, it used to happen. As, as I got older, although it still happens every once in a while, what I get most of the time now 
is I get people coming up that go like, man, you look familiar. What high school did you go to? Like, I know you. They, I don't look as, they just, they know that they know my face and they think of my face that they know me from like years ago. So I, I get, I get what high school did you go to a lot. <laughs> people going, man, did I go to school with you? Um, sometimes I just have fun and I go, maybe. Kind of. <laughs> we kind of went to school together. <laughs> well, well, what you need to do is you need to figure out where Tim in Terminator 2 went to school and just start naming that as your school. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But it's, you know, no. people are awesome. It's, I, I have always uh, thoroughly enjoyed sort of interacting with, with people, and it's never been uh, never been tedious or a pain or, or, or disruptive. And, and so it's, you know. It's it's fun. Well, you know, and like you said too, it's one of those where you know people. It, it's it proves that you have had this impact in their life. That's the biggest thing is you have impacted their life where they feel like they know you in some way, shape, or form. And of course, that's going to lead me to those later years and things like you know T two being in Judgment Day, as well as everybody's favorite salute your shorts. How often? Does that happen where, you know, because I, I, I foresee some kind of resurgence in the future of Salute Your Shorts in some way, shape, or form? You know, it would be, it would, it would, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've batted the idea around uh, a few times, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny how the, what a sort of, uh, I guess like cult sort of status that, 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 that show has, has taken on to a certain, to a certain age group. Um, is is really funny and unique and and a lot and a lot of fun. I guess it it pays tribute to you know people that are our age because I'm comparable in age of, as you as well. So I think it's one of those where we've reached that age where we want to pass some of these things down to our children, and I think that's where that comes into play. Yeah, I mean it really it really was sort of uh, you know I mean at, at that that era of of Nickelodeon was sort of you know really geared towards uh, you know kids. But not like you know, not in the way that cartoons were necessarily. It was uh, you know, it had a it had some edge to it, and uh, we I think we got we got away with quite a bit. Right. Well, you know, and it's one of those where it was a different time. Things were fun, things were innocent, but at the same time, they pushed the boundaries. And it really was as I was we um, I recently did a uh, um, sort of like a it was like a retro a retrospective uh, TV like. Uh, conference fest sort of thing in uh in Austin, Texas. And it was you know, a lot of those shows we were sort of the single we were ahead of the like single camera comedy. That now it's like, you know, with things like The Office and like those type of things, it wasn't like a sitcom. It was a you know, it was shot like a movie with a single camera. And so that really opened itself up to, you know, doing things a different way and sort of being able to film things out of the box and you know, take multiple takes of things and play with it, and and it was it was uh, it was a fun experience for that because I had come off doing uh, you know different strokes, which was a four camera sitcom, and and so it was a completely different environment, and it was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing that show. Well, you know, and you gotta love looking back at that and uh, loving the hairdos. Yeah, man, I've had some doozies. Let me tell you, <laughs> from the bowl cut to the mullet, it was. Uh, you know, it was it was powerful, powerful stuff there. Well, you know, and that it's it's funny because when you when you talk with people about T two and Judgment Day, they're like, oh yeah, the mullet kid. Yeah, that was a that was a power mullet. I mean, you've got a there's like you know, 
virgin sacrifices and and you know the right phases of the moon to get a haircut like that. It was it was very it's 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 uh, mythological. Well, what you need to do is revisit that hairdo and be in the in like the next installment of Terminator, just in the background, just just simply walking through. Right, just see how many fans pick up on you know Timmy, you know, getting getting an ice cream in the background. Be like, why is Joe Dirt in the Terminator movie? <laughs> well, with that too, you know, aside from just being on screen, you have done a lot of different things too, including moving into voice acting and voice work and things like that, which I love, which is totally different. Yeah, that was that was a that was a that was just uh, an amazing. I, I mean, I think I was gosh, probably like ten or eleven, something like that, and started doing things over at uh, Hanna Barbera and um sort of you know kept doing it and then kept doing it and then you know um tiny tunes came along and i just i kept doing them and by the time i was you know 16 17 years old i'd gotten just sort of i guess burnt out of uh of just like doing on camera stuff and doing that thing and and so i just went like hey i can show up in my pajamas and not have to worry about it and this is a it's hardly a job. It's just, it's, I can't, it's, sometimes it's hard to believe that they actually pay me to do it because it's so, it's so much fun. The people are so great. And, uh, so I was just like, hey man, this is, this is my thing. Well, you know, and you've been part of so many for all the Disney fans out there, everything from being part of, you know, Kim Possible, Recess All Grown Down, um, you know, Pepper Ann, 101 Dalmatians, a series, a Little Mermaid. So many different things like that. Now, going through this plethora of animated things you've been part of, including the Lorax, uh, I, you know, are there any one time where you worked with so many people where you're just like, oh my God, I am here doing voice work with these legends? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the it would be Tiny Tune Adventures would be one. I mean, I was, uh, you know, gosh, I was young. I mean, when we first started, I feel like that's, we did a lot. We We did that for quite a while. And it was like, you know, I mean, Frank Welker, Don Messick, uh, you know, it's like there's just, there's just absolute, absolute legends to, to sort of watch work and just be a fly on the wall. And it was, it was pretty, it's a pretty amazing group to be associated with for sure. Well, now when you're going into the studio, I guess, what is the hardest thing with getting into that mind frame and, and pulling off some of these characters? I mean, you know, are you sitting there, you know, gearing up, trying to get into the mode or do you just get in there and you're like, all right, I'm in the zone. Here's who I'm going to be today. You know what? I think, no, it's, it's so, that's what I said. It's one of those where it's like, it's hard to, sometimes you just go like, I can't believe they're paying me to, to do this. It's, it's so the people are great. It's like you work with the same sort of rotating group of people over and over again. And it's just, you know, it's like what's the ultimate goal? We're trying to make people laugh. So it's like if it's funny to us, it's funny to to somewhere else and to people that are, you know, the ultimate end product. And it's just, you know, you just go in there and you have fun and be silly. You know, I mean, a lot of a vast majority of the time. Well, you know, and with that, too, some of those, you really probably had a chance to really have fun with it, like Dave the Barbarian and a few of those. I mean, you had to have fun with that. Dave the Barbarian, uh, specifically, as far as a fun factor, was um, was just fantastic. It was, it was that show. We had so much fun. It was a great, it was a great uh, just sort of core cast. 
and we, I would say a vast majority of the time were um, recorded as a unit. A lot of times, you know, you're just sort of coming, just, you know, you're by yourself or you're just coming in for, you know, you just do your little 10, 12 lines that you have or something. But that we tended to record at least four or five deep um, each show. And that just, it just lent itself to hijinks and laughs. I've, there were, there were some times that it was, you know, it was, all, it was like, all right, we have to take a break because we just get the giggles and it was, it was just game over. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I can only imagine how many times, uh, you know, I guess you don't have to share any, but uh, how many times are you, uh, in there having fun and you're like, that is never going to make it to air, but it is the funniest thing we've all ever recorded. Oh, um, I, I would, I would say almost, almost every session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're you know, it's people that do funny voices for children's television. We're we're it's a it's an eccentric bunch, that's for sure. Now you know, with that too, you know, being part of so many of these and so many great shows, um, you know, how often has somebody heard your voice and they're like. I recognize your voice. You're totally different than recognizing you from being on screen. How many times has somebody recognized your voice or they're telling you about this show that they loved watching when they were a kid, this animated cartoon, and then, you know, then all of a sudden they realize that was you? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think I've ever had that happen, which is weird because I'm not, it's funny that you bring that up because I don't, uh, I'm not like uh, one of those, you know, it's pretty much my voice for the most part. I'm not one of those, you know, uh, you know, people of, of, you know, 10 million voices. Um, so that's weird, but, uh, no, I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think that's ever happened. I think people need to watch the Lorax a little bit more and they'll, they'll piece it all together. They'll piece it all together. That, that was fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. And I, it was, we did, gosh, now that one we did do, I think there was like maybe three, it's, they didn't know if they wanted them to be identical and sound identical. So it's like that one, we used a whole bunch of different voices um, for just for options and, uh, you know, didn't know how it turned out until you, you see the end product. And went, oh, they went that way. That's cool. Now, since you have a younger child too, eight years old, do you end up watching a lot of these animated series that you're part of more often, of course, than things that you were in on screen? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess a little, a little bit, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I tend to, I tend to not watch myself, so I, I know that. Uh, <laughs> I guess that includes like, uh, listening. Yeah, yeah. So that would be, that would be about the same. Although, um, when my daughter was, when my daughter was, when Dave the Barbarian came out, my, my daughter was young. And so we would we would sit and watch those. But yeah, nothing nothing as of recent. So you see, you need to change that, and at least it's just hearing your own voice, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I I'd have to, I think for uh, for my for my little man, uh, I'd have to I'd have to get on like Star Wars or something like that to get him to pay attention to it. <laughs> All right. Well, you you got to get out there and network a little bit more, and then just be part of that that neck that Star Wars galaxy. For sure, he would flip out. <laughs> now, now, you know, doing a lot of the voice work too, you've been part of many things where, you know, I mean, some of them lesser known, um, you know, only one episode, but they're ones that, 
you know, to this day have such a cult fan following, like being part of, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures or the Karate Kid series, um, you know, things like that where people are just, they clamor to find these on DVD to this day. How does it feel knowing that there's these, like people scouring the web looking for, I, I want these rare classics and in some way, shape or form, you are always going to be connected to these. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, of all of the shows that, that I've done, I, I get, I get more comments on Hey Arnold's, the, the stoop kid for, <laughs> for like, it's unbelievable. And it was, that was like, you know, 20 minutes of work. <laughs> like, yeah, I think like a, a lunch break from, uh, doing, working on something else just quickly popped in and, and, and did it. And it's, it's so funny. I get more, uh, I get, I get a lot of stoop kid stuff. It's really, it's really awesome. It's pretty funny. And, uh, the Victor the bully from Ren and Stimpy. It's like, I just, I, I have quite a few of those little, those little, you know, sort of one-off little things that, uh, stick with people. And some of those, some of those, those older things, uh, were like, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, as an adult, I look back and pinch myself and go like, that was so wild that I was involved in with that. I did the completely miss, the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley, which was like, you know, the Martin Short thing. And so it was like, you know, Joe Flaherty and like all of that sort of, you know, SCTV, uh, you know, crowd of, of you know, just it was amazing to to be a part of uh, of stuff like that. Definitely, you know, and like you said too, there's always these little things where you know people really clamor for it. I mean, um, even down to just you know being you know urchin on the Little Mermaid TV series. So many people want that show to be back or have it available on DVD and. You were part of that, and it's just you, you have all these little things in your resume. I guess with that too, do you ever think that you're going to go back and write these memoirs of, uh, you know, the the cloudy adventures of, of Danny? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be writing a memoir anytime soon. But uh, that seems like it I, that would probably get really boring. <laughs> it was it's wild. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a whirlwind. I mean, it, when it's it's sort of you know don't really take a lot of time to sit and go like, whoa, but it's like, yeah, I was super busy and was super blessed and lucky to be a part of so many really cool things and ones that lead to uh, another. It's, you, you brought up the, uh, the Bill and Ted's cartoon. It's like from doing that, I did, uh, Alex Winter had a, a skit show on MTV the idiot box. It's like I did a couple of episodes, like live camera sort of, you know, episodes of that. It's like the way that the world works. It's, you know, you just get to do all these really fun things. Now, you know, we don't want to keep you too long because we know you're busy saying, you know, things like that. But, you know, with all these different things that you touched base on, animated to live action to movies to working with uh, you know so many different things that people grew up with have you ever thought about touring the the uh, convention circuit and uh, you know getting a chance to meet some of these people face to face more often than not yeah you know i've done i've done just a, a handful and it's that's actually something that i'm 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 going to do more of cuz it's it's uh, uh the ones that i've done i've uh, i've thoroughly enjoyed and um yeah, I've, I've definitely, you, you should, I think you'll be seeing me around uh, a little bit in some of these, in some of the places around, because, yeah, it's, it was, uh, the ones that I've done, I've, I've really enjoyed, and the people have been fantastic, 
and uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun for sure. Well, at, at least until you get that super fan who like you know shows like uh, the tattoo of yourself like on his back or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's you know you just got to take that as a, a as a major compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get freaked out about it unless they you know show up at your house. Well, you know, I guess with that said, we don't want to keep you too long. So many different things you've been part of. I guess for all of your fans listening in, people whose lives you've touched over the years, people who, you know, so many different things. Like I said, passed down. I grew up watching you being comparable of age as you. So I'm just like, I I remember watching many of these things. And my kids are watching things like the Lorax and, and whatnot as well. And I guess with that, for everybody tuning in, do you have anything that you'd like to share for everybody, all your fans who have just been so supportive over the years and everything that you've been part of? Oh, just an absolute, an absolute thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because it's, it's, you know, without the fans, without people watching it, it, it goes away. And so it's really, it's, it's all, it's for them. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without them. We wouldn't be having this conversation if people weren't tuning in and watching it and, you know, carrying it with them all of these years. So that's, by far the biggest thing. Just an absolute thank you. Definitely. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this trip down memory lane, and everybody tuning in. Everything from different strokes, T2, Salute Your Shorts, the Lorax, you know, everything that you can think of. Dave the Barbarian. I mean, it, the list goes on and on in everything that you've been part of. So thank you once again, Danny, for stopping in, chatting with us, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you on the, you know, convention circuit really soon and uh, follow up with you on anything new you got going on. All righty, brother. Thank you so much. Camera action. Welcome to all the glamour and glitz of show business and the heart of our 100 years of magic celebration, the Disney MGM Studios. From the moment you set foot on Hollywood Boulevard, you're a star. Here, under the magic of a 12-story sorcerer's hat, you'll find 100 years of imagination. Every day, the Disney Stars and Motor Cars Parade delivers famous characters in classic Hollywood style. Across the way, Walt Disney One Man's Dream takes you on an interactive stroll through Walt's life, narrated by the legend himself. 
And that's just the start of your day at the Disney MGM Studios. The lights come up. The music hits. Suddenly, you're in the hot seat at the all-new Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Played Attraction. Here, the entire audience plays along. And every answer counts. Get ready for a free-falling adventure that'll send you into a new dimension of fear. In the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, you will fear every drop. Take off on a rock and roll road trip that rips from zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds flat. You'll go grooving inside out and upside down through 4G turns on the new rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith. Then blast into a galaxy far, far away on Star Tours, the ultimate Star Wars thrill ride. You might even get to co-star when things start rolling at the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. Treat yourself to an unforgettable performance of Disney's Beauty and the Beast stage show and Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, a musical adventure. Then journey under the sea with Ariel in the voyage of the Little Mermaid. Set off on a classic comedy caper at Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. Sing along with Bear in the Big Blue House, Roly Polioli, and your other favorites at Playhouse Disney Live on stage. At night, witness the ultimate showdown of good and evil as the greatest Disney villains take on one very brave mouse in a battle of fire, music, magic, and light. Fantasmic. Fantasmic fills up fast, so it's always a good idea to arrive at least an hour early. Just check your guide map for showtimes. Spend a day at the Disney MGM Studios, the center of our 100 years of magic celebration. And the only place you'll find all the excitement of show business and all the magic of Disney. <laughs> okay, okay. I see what's happening, yeah. Face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well, it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod What can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome I'm just an ordinary demi-guy Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky When you were waddling a high this guy When the nights got cold Who stole you fire from down below <laughs> Look at him, yo Oh, also I lasso the sun Stretch your days and bring you fun Also I harness the breeze You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees So what can I say except you're welcome For the islands I pull from the sea There's no need to pray, it's okay, you're welcome ha! I guess it's just my way of being me You're welcome, you're welcome Well, come to think of it 
Honestly, I could go on and on. I could explain every natural phenomenon. The tide, the grass, the ground. Oh, that was Maui just messing around. I killed a eel. I buried its guts. Sprouted a tree. Now you got coconuts. What's the lesson? What does it take away? Don't mess with Maui when he's on a breakaway. And the tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been. I make everything happen. Look at that mini Maui just look at that. John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. Hey D-Heads, have you ever imagined your favorite Disney and uh, Pixar characters fighting against each other in a, like a dynamic strategy battlefield, and as well fighting against real player mode against other players around the world, well this game that I'm about to share will be a must have on your mobile device. And this game is called Disney's Sorcerer's Arena. The most iconic Disney champions and villains, from ranging from Ariel to Sully to Captain Hack, uh, Captain Hook, and Oogie Boogie of course, Oogie Boogie, and as many other characters will be releasing as this game will be more developed and released with newer game updates in the future. This game is developed by Glue Mobile and it's going to be collaborating with Disney to bring this wonderful popular game. Now this game developer also published very popular titles such as Cooking Dash, Designing Home and MLB Tap Sports Baseball. This new game will be available in the beta release soon in limited territories and it's very 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 much needed for especially to be more elaborate of these Disney characters than we are known for. So imagine your spell bounds against fighting against each other. Ariel's using her Triton um, sword from uh, her father to battle out against other villains like you know Jafar or, or you know even with all the other funny characters that we want to use against each other. Now imagine that fighting. It's like a mix of I see it feel like Disney Infinity with the mix of mobile. I know I miss Disney Infinity, uh, but I think this is, will be an, an interesting way to elaborate on that. So don't take my word for it, but the details in the video out on YouTube is really cool. It's a sneak peek and the graphics looks pretty cool. Definitely once there's a beta release, we'll get more information and send it out to you guys right here on DisRadio.com and find all the latest on Disney Multimedia. Now the <clears throat> Senior Vice President and CEO of a general manager of Glue Mobile, Mike Olson mentioned this. Disney's Sources Arena delivers a distinct high power experience that is sure to delight Disney fans and RPG players alike. Disney's Sources Arena has been developed by the talent and creative team who is in close with Disney, have worked tirelessly to deliver an immersive and stunning game players will love. As we move into the next phase of development, I am incredibly incredibly excited to today to release the first look of this new world 
Mobile Glue Mobile is a provider, proven provider in the mobile and strategy-based game space, with their expertise and fully demonstrate with Disney's Sorcerer's Arena. Sean Sharpal, Senior Vice President, Global Games Interactive interactive activities at Disney Parks experiences and products. We are thrilled to share the first look at this incredible world we've created where players can interact with their favorite characters from Disney and Pixar's in a new and unexpected ways. While more information will be released coming soon and you can find more information at sorcerersarena.com. The spelling is S O R C E R E R S Arena, which is all, all one word, no space, arena, A-R-E-N-A dot com. Sorcerersarena dot com. Of course, you can find them on their social media from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the same name. Of course, you can find more information over on D23's website as you can find more information leaking out as they're progressing as more Disney D23 exclusive. So, with your thought in mind of thinking of using your favorite character that you love to enjoy with a whole new twist of battling against other players or of course you can use it in single player mode just trying to test out your abilities and of course later on there are going to be possible upgrades to so you can enhance your characters and as well given the nastiest and fiercest battles uh, skills against other players around the world that's pretty cool and kind of neat so we're looking for, I'm looking forward to it I, I don't know about you guys this is a definitely a must-have on your Disney, uh, on your having a Disney Experience collection of mobile games, and a different twist from coming from with the Disney and Pixar characters. Well, this is Randy sign now for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. It's Disney Blues, Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, LVD heads, so I am back once again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It is a fun romp to get back into the swing of things here at the show. You definitely make that drive. You're the ones that make us want to do this. All your emails over the last couple of months asking when we're going to return. Well, we are here. We are back. We're going to make it fun once again, and we have big things planned over the course of the next year as we gear up for our 10-year anniversary as well. So thank you, the D-heads. So I want to extend a very special thank you to our very special guest, Danny Cooksey, for stopping in. Thanks for stopping in. And taking that trip down memory lane and so much more. I'd also like to thank the D team of Aaron, Dominic, Michael, Jeremy, Chaz, and Randy, all stopping in with their signature segments. You definitely truly make the show what it is. Without the D team, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And finally, as I always say, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason that we do this show. You are the reason we continue to bring this fun, this magic, this inspiration, this trip into the future, and a trip to the past every single week. So thank you, the D-Heads, for your support, your love, and always hanging in there, even during our brief hiatus. Thank you, the D-Heads. So next week, we're going to jump into things. It's going to be fun. You know, we're just passing Easter. We have all kinds of great things. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week here at the show, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z radio S-H-O-W. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio. D 
D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find us every single place, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, you're going to find us. Just search Disney Blue, B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. You can also visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. There you'll find all the links to all of these different things, social media outlets, latest news blogs, as we're continuously posting news and all kinds of fun things on the website as well. We have great interactive pieces, downloads, the complete podcast archive, and so much more there at the website with even more things to come within the next year. So remember to stay connected, listen to the show, and these are all the different ways that you can find us here at Diz Radio. Now, finally, next week. Yes, we have great things as we are back in action here. And I'm just going to say, let's kick into action. Let's kick back into gear. Let's just, you know, do some flips and do some blocks and do some crazy punches and maybe act like, you know, a ninja. I'm going to leave it at that. Very broad, very simple. We'll get ready for next week. So until next week, all of you D-heads, it has been a pleasure to be back once again. I am excited to be back here at the show. It was also awesome connecting up with all of you at Star Wars Celebration last week, meeting up with all of you D-heads for our Diz Radio meetup. Fantastic meeting all of you and hanging out. And I do hope you like the little pogs that I gave you all. It was a nice little gesture there. So thank you, D-heads, once again. So until next week, as I always say, as Easter's coming up, take time, slow down, never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic weekend and a happy, happy Easter. Hey, D-heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy. Hey, this is John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy. Hi, this is Bruce Boxleitner. You may know me as Tron. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. <laughs> Hello, this is Haley Mills. This is Rolly Crump, a Disney Imagineer. Hello there, Dreamfinder here. Hi, this is Don Wells, Marianne on Gilligan Valley. This is Genevieve from Disney Junior's Choo Choo Soul. Hi, this is Dave Thomas. Hi, this is Kimberly J. Brown from Halloween Town. Hey, this is Eric Kramer from Good Luck Charlie. And- hey, everybody, this is Lee Aaronburg, Grumpy from ABC's Once Upon a Time. Hello, kitties, it's me. John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Okay, system's rolling. Testing, one, two, three. This is Jerry Reese. I've just finished eight... Eight... <laughs> Take two. <laughs> this is Jerry Reese. I've just finished a session with Jonathan on... My husband's closing the door. Hold on until he's done. Hi, this is Dina Waters from the Haunted Mansion. Hi, this is Leanna Creel, uh, formerly Tori Scott. I guess not formerly. Wait, can we do it again? I still am. It's still going on. Oh, wait, can I start again? Hi, this is Leanna Creel, otherwise known as Tori Scott from Saved by the Bell. Hello, this is Larry Bagby, and I was Ice, or Ernie, but Ice from Hocus Pocus. Hi, this is Jerry Mather, the Beaver from Leave it to Beaver. Hey there, this is Jason Hampton, originally from the new Mickey Mouse Club. You might remember the party. Hello. This is Helen Reddy. Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse. Hi, this is Richard Carr. Hi, this is Tom McLaughlin. Maybe you know me as Captain Star. This is Suzanne Blakesley, the voice of Lady Tremaine, Maleficent, the Evil Queen and Hag, Cruella DeVille, and Mary Poppins. Hi, I'm Robbie Benson, the author of I'm Not Dead Yet and also The Beast. Hey, you guys, it's Kristen Fairley, the voice of Little Bear and uh, from the series Road to Avonlea. Hey, everybody out there, this is Jim Cummings, and you're going, who is that guy? Well, I'm the masked voice behind... Oh, I don't know. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger Tooth, Darkwing Duck. 
and a few others. Hey, this is Danny Woodburn from Crash and Burn Scene. Hey, this is Jody Sweet. Hello, this is Bill Cobb. Hi, this is Claudia Christian. Hey, this is Peter Bader. Hi, everybody, this is Greg Trips. You're all pal from Whose Line Is It Anyway? This is Bruce Broughton. Uh, this is Art LaFleur. Hi, this is Eve Gordon from Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Hi, this is Paul Candela. Hey, this is Jen Cody. Hi, this is MC Gay from... This is Ken Page, and I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. Hi, this is April Winchell. Hey, this is Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Lewis the Alligator. Hallelujah! Hello, this is Shanta Bell, the co-author of The Elf on the Shelf. Hey, this is Luke Edwards from Newsies. Hello, this is Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. I was also in Lilo and Stitch, which was more fun than Kids in the Hall, but don't tell the kids in the hall that. Hi, this is Mike Brissell, voice of the Small Land Transit Authority. Hi, this is Katie Von Till, the current voice of Disney Snow White. Hi. Puppeteer and author Noel McNeil. Hi, this is Big Apple Cool Runner. Hi, this is Bruce Reitherman. I was the voice of Mowgli in the Jungle Book. This is Raphael Sparge from Once Upon a Time. Hi, this is Alicia Brillin. You know me from High School Musical and Halloween Town. Hi. This is Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. Hi, I'm Stephen Anthony Lawrence. Eames from Even Stevens. Hi, this is Dora Birch uh, from Hocus Pocus. Hi, this is Rob Paulson. Better known to you guys as. This is Robert Keown. Hi, this is Rip Taylor. Could you pee? Could you die? And you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Rip Taylor said so. Disney On Demand yourself. Hi, this is Mark Elliott. And now, our feature presentation. Hi, everybody. This is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney On Demand. And as Ursula would say, life's full of tough choices. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney on Demand. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.